Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Grant and Danny live on 106.7 The Fan and in Richmond on 9.10 a.m. and 105.1 FM. You can listen to us coast to coast on the Odyssey app as well. 5.25, we're going to discuss the momentum, which looks very positive toward a sale of the Commanders this week. Now, this has been an undulating, winding road. Sometimes you feel like it's going to happen. Sometimes you don't. But the, the momentum has been very good toward... Snyder possibly selling this offseason over the last several days. If he actually does sell, when and if that happens, what's the first thing you'll do, celebratory or otherwise? We'll get into that coming up at the bottom of the hour. Now let's go to the BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter to beat the books. Download the BetQL app. Visit BetQL.com. And talk to Josiah Gray, who's set to embark on his second full season in Washington. The 25-year-old New York native joins us. From spring training in West Palm Beach, Josiah, it has been too long. Thanks for the time. How you been? I'm good. I'm good. Camp's been great. Uh, everyone's feeling good. Everyone's healthy. Uh, a lot of new faces, but, you know, we're all excited to get out there and, and just get the ball rolling. Tell me about the cutter. It's new. It sounds fun. <laughs> it's exciting. How do you make sure that it differentiates in terms of movement, plane, break from the slider, other breaking stuff? And it's Absolutely. not something you end up falling in love with where it's like, oh, this is so new and fresh. But your yeah. repertoire is pretty damn good, too. Got you in the major leagues. Absolutely. Like you said, uh, the repertoire, you know, it's been good up to this point. But, you know, I just wanted to do some tinkering. So uh, at the end of the last year, I asked Erasmo Ramirez, who had a phenomenal year, hey, how do you throw your cutter? You know, he was super successful with it. Gave me the grip. Once I started my offseason throwing program, started throwing it. Uh, threw it in pens. And it honestly wasn't great. Um, it was more so because my game intensity wasn't there yet. So just continue to throw it, continue to throw it, and um, was throwing it against hitters in late January. And then when I got to camp in February, and they were like, hey, this pitch like has some real characteristics to it. You know, it can be really solid. So I've just been throwing it ever since, and it's been a really good weapon thus far. And, you know, I'm really excited with, uh, you know, the, the progressions I made with it already and, you know, where it's going to be, you know, a month from now and, and at the end of the year and, and so on and so forth. So I want to dive into the development and the kind of creation of this pitch in the lab over the offseason. 
But for our listeners, explain the cutter, like you know how it actually varies from a fastball and mm-hmm. why there is a movement right now all around baseball. It seems like everyone's adding this pitch. Why? Yeah, I think I think honestly, um, in my uh, retrospect, you know, as I was progressing to the minor leagues, it was more forcing fastball at the top of the zone with high vertical break. You know, that's going to get missed bats. But as you see in the in the major league level, you know, that hasn't voted very well for me as well. So just trying to adjust. So having a cutter, you know, it can neutralize lefties. It neutralizes opposite hand hitters just because it has that late movement. It's hard. And, you know, it can just get off the barrel, whether it's an inch, you can get a swing and miss, can induce some softer contact. So for me, uh, it's to neutralize lefties. I'll still throw to righties as well, um, but mainly to neutralize lefties. Give me a pitch, you know, I can attack them. Early in the count, late in the count, even counts, just get off the barrel, get a swing and miss, sort of keep them from diving out over the plate and just throw it hard. You know, that's going to protect the fastball even more, protect the slider. Uh, curveball, so on, so forth. So um, that's kind of where I'm at with it. And and it's had a lot of progress so far. And, you know, you ask some of the great pitchers like Max Scherzer or Garrett Cole, who has a cutter now, like why they throw it, you know, it's just to kind of give the batter another look, as long as you can throw it hard and it has that late bite, you know, you can be pretty successful with it. So to that point, and Josiah Gray, the Nats is with us here on Grant and Danny. Mark Canna was in the batter's box in the the first game you're throwing this spring against the Mets. Mm -hmm. And he looked at you kind of funny after you threw a cutter because he's seen you, right? He's like, okay, I didn't know he had that. And then there's this viral video where he's walking back to the dugout and he stops Francisco Lindor and (laughs) and like talks to him in his ear hole, pretty Mm -hmm. clearly saying, hey, dude's got a cutter now. So just to your point, like this is something that hitters have to be prepared for. I thought that video – was really cool. I also yeah. really enjoy the process of building pitches. So it mm-hmm. used to be, hey, Mariano Rivera throws a cutter. We worked on it in the outfield. I used it in the game. Now yeah. we've got Trackman, right? We've mm-hmm. got Soto. So I saw uh, a story about you were throwing at West Palm, and you'd step off the mound in your bullpen session, and mm-hmm. you'd go over to the laptop. I mean, you, yeah. you tell me what you're looking at. Is it break? Is it movement? You're essentially <laughs> able with numbers now Say, okay, I didn't love that. Let me change the grip by a quarter inch, mm-hmm. whatever it is, until you get the movement that you want. Like 20 years ago, that wasn't possible. <laughs> You're literally yeah. building pitches in a lab. It's so cool. Yeah, that exactly. Like, I couldn't have said it better myself. Like, it's more or less you have that instant feedback. So, you know, say I throw a cutter and, you know, I really get around it like my slider and, you know, it's not the same velocity I'm looking for. Like, I can see that instantly. So, in throwing my pens, I want my cutter in a certain range and I want my slider in a certain range to make sure that they don't blend because I want to keep my slider knowing how effective it has been at the major league level these past two years. So keeping that, but then adding, you know, throwing the cutter hard, that's um, goal number one. And then keeping, you know, it more or less on that straight line with a little late sweep, that's going to be a lot better um, in terms of that pitch. So just making sure those pitches don't blend making sure the characteristics are sort of unique for each sort of um, area I throw the pitch in. Um, Just a bunch of different things. But, yeah, having that instant feedback has been phenomenal for guys. And I know it's um, really good when you can tinker with stuff right in the bullpen right then and there. 
Josiah Gray is with us on GND here on your flagship home for the Nats. So you referenced earlier in the interview, you said something like I've gotten in the big leagues and you'd see it hasn't worked. And that tells me that you aren't content with your performance to this point. I mean, you have yeah. flashed like there's outings where I'll watch you for six innings with eight punchies and you're just nails. And at the end of the year, you look up and you see the ERA is five or what have you. And it, yeah. it doesn't really compute, right? It doesn't make sense. But the issue, and you know this, has been home run rate, where you gave up more homers than anyone, which is why we're talking about the cutter and adding a pitch. But I'm Mm -hmm. curious just what you found as you dive into that a little bit. Because that's something, like, we had Max on the show every week for three years. And (laughs) Max would be, he'd give up, you know, three hits to start and two might be homers. It just so happened they were solo shots. So that's not necessarily indicative of not being good, but but there's it's something that's got to be fixed if they're crooked-numbered homers. So what's your plan of attack there? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of multi-layered, but, um, you know, there's some luck components to it. You know, I've gotten really unlucky in terms of my fly ball or home run rate. That's, you know, unexpected because I've always been a fly ball pitcher from, you know, the time I got into pro ball to now. You know, I'm still going to remain a fly ball pitcher. Um, it's just a matter of the quality of contact with those fly balls. And then also command of things. Like a lot of the times when I was giving up home runs the past two years, it was fat part of the plate. You know, say I'd be, um, they ambush me in OO counts or, you know, I'm trying to be too fine with two strikes or an even count and I miss a location. So um, just looking at those things, like how can I get that much better, whether it's adding a new pitch, whether it's adding, um, you know, a two seam sinker fastball, um, those sorts of things. But, yeah, it's definitely um, it takes a second to uh, really understand it, because, you know, in 2021, my debut year. I was like, okay, like my fastball got me here and, you know, I'm going to ride it out. You know, I've just, they're hitting it, but I'm going to continue to throw it. And then last year, you know, it was like, man, they're really getting to this pitch. So like, how do I um, still utilize it, but how do I utilize it in better counts and with better command, those sorts of things. And I think that's just the progression of becoming a, an established big leaguer is tinkering and, and modifying things on the go because, you know, like you said, you can look up and, you know, it'd be a flash of six innings with nine punches and, you know, propelling the team to win. But there can be outings where I have, you know, three innings, six runs, two home runs, and, you know, the team has no chance. So <clears throat> minimizing those kind of outings, minimizing the blowouts, um, the the eruption outings with four walks, those sort of things, like that's going to be a really big, um, you know, marker of my success. How establishing those things and kind of limiting them is going to be, you know, as simple as I can say it is going to be really big for my success this year and years uh, forward. Josiah, you can see me here on video. I'm old and pudgy uh, and I wasn't even that good to begin with, but I had some really good teammates uh, over the years. <laughs> I played a couple seasons of travel ball with Mark Teixeira, who was a really good big leaguer, obviously. Yeah. And my question to you is about goal setting. He was, I was fascinated by because I wanted to do everything he did. I just didn't have the ability or drive or mentality or anything positive. But anyway, he was a, I want to do a little bit more each day. And then I'll look up at the end and feel pretty good about it. Are you a kind of tunnel vision, a little bit of a grind every day? Or are you light at the end of the tunnel? I want to look back in 20 years, kind of a guy. Like, how do you approach it? Yeah, I'm, I'm very much every day. You know, each day I want to, you know, implement a certain plan. This is what I want to get done each day whether it's uh, feel good with this pitch or, you know, just warm up a little differently, see how my body reacts. Like every day is very important for me. So 
um, leading up to starts, you know, I don't like to say, you know, here's what it's going to look like five years from now. You know, I want to stay present in the moment and make sure that I'm doing everything I can in that moment to prepare me for my next start. You know, whether the start is good or bad, I just want to know that I'm prepared and I've done everything up to that moment to prepare me. You know, the results are going to be the results, but I want to make sure that I'm, you know, fully equipped and fully prepared, whether it's mentally, physically, um, emotionally, just to go out there and, you know, put the best foot forward and, and put the team in a position to win. Josiah I agree with this here on Grant and Danny. I'm not just saying this because you're on with us. I really believe this. When, when you with the when you first came to Washington, Grant and I were, were talking about the acquisition, mm-hmm. and I really believe this. I'm not just saying this. I think you can be a star in this league. I think you can be an all-star. I think you can be a top-of-the-rotation stud. Absolutely. Is that something that you're conscious of, working towards? Just kind of give me the mentality there. Absolutely. Uh, that's something you grind for every day. Like, you know, like I just said, it's it's that daily grind. You know, you want to be an all-star. You want to be a Hall of Famer at the end of the day. You want to, you know, propel the team to a lot of wins and, you know, get to the playoffs and and, and win a lot of games. So um, I definitely want to do that, and I definitely see that for myself. It's just the matter of that daily grind. You know, how, do, how am I getting better? How am I, you know, minimizing – you know, let's say I'm going to throw a stat out there. How am I minimizing, you know, my out of zone rate to lefties? You know, because if you look at the splits last year, you know, against righties, I was good to above average. Against lefties, I was below average to average, depending on what stat you look at. Like, how do I, you know, skew that more towards the middle for both? You know, how am I good to above average against both sides? You know, something as simple as, you know, working with um, command and, and targeting sort of where am I putting the catcher, those sort of things. Like, as simple as it it can be, you know, I think those things are going to, you know, take my career from here to here and so on and so forth. And that's when we get from, you know, uh, we don't know if this guy's going to be, you know, what we um, dreamed of him being to being like, man, this guy can be an all-star, so on and so forth. So it's just that daily grind. But, yeah, like, I want to be able to, you know, fulfill every fan's – you know, expectations. I want to fill my own expectations because uh, that's what's gotten me to this point. And I know that as I continue to grind and, and go out there every day, as long as I'm putting my best foot forward, you know, I'm everything's going to uh, work out for me. You know what's so funny about baseball, Josiah Gray's with us, is you have guys like you who you're so cerebral and you know, I mean, you're well-read and you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And I'm not knocking these guys, but there are guys like Anthony Rendon who have these great that's careers. Right. And Tony used to say, you know, I'm, we're talking to him about hitting, and he's like, they're throwing the round thing at me, and I have to swing the stick. <laughs> like, he doesn't want to think about anything else, right? Yeah. There's just different ways to do it. There's still players that if you handed them a sheet of paper with numbers, mm-hmm. they'd crumble it up and throw it away as they walk to go get the game, <laughs> right? But yeah. uh, but you're talking about your out-of-zone rate. It's it's just amazing where the game is at right now. Absolutely. Kind of the differing philosophies of doing things. Yeah, we always, as as baseball players, we always joke about, you know, the guys that, you know, have to do everything right to, you know, perform their best every day. And then the guys that, you know, might take one round of BP or might, you know, lollygag their prep work and are still really good. And we're like, you're not really envious of them, but you're like, man, like they make the game look so easy. So it's like how, like, you don't want to change it. Like I would never want to be that guy, you know, that can just lollygag through through things because, your your I feel like your success rate is kind of fickle. Um, 
like you, you guys can kind of understand what I'm saying. So um, we always have that joke about baseball players is, you know, that guy that looks like he's not trying is always good. And guys are like, man, I wish I could do that. But, you know, it's just for each, each and their own sort of uh, um, kind of whatever realm they're in. This division is a buzzsaw. The Mets, mm-hmm. Phillies, uh, Braves coming off. They got everybody under 25 locked up for the next you know, 27 years somehow. I don't know how they do it, whatever. But this is a real challenge uh, for you guys. And, you know, night in and night out, it's going to be a grind for you all, especially yes, kind of given where you are in this in this process. You guys ascending towards your potential. Just give of me the course. outlook there. I think we're going to go in very positive. Uh, you know, last year was was a really interesting year, if you look at it. In division, we didn't take care of business. But out of division, we were, we were pretty good. We were solid. So taking care of those in-division games, you know, how do we scrape out one or two wins, you know, in a, in a three game or four game set, like just doing the little things right. I think um, towards the end of the year, after the deadline, you know, we were a lot better ball club than we were, you know, pre deadline, you know, we were stringing together hits starters were going out there and giving out quality starts, you know, those little things, it's going to be, um, yeah, we're young in the rotation. We know that, but every day, you know, we're just going to grind and we're going to push each other. Myself, Cade McKenzie, uh, Pat, Trevor, um, you know, names go on and on. Like we're going to push each other every day to to be better, you know, be better than the next guy. So that sort of accountability is going to be really important to our success. And then we're going to just, you know, have to whoever's across the diamond from us, take care of business with them, you know, controlling the counts, working ahead in the counts, limiting the long ball, limiting walks, um, you know, defensively. You know, we're a lot better defensively with with CJ up the middle and Luis and uh, Candelario, Kiboom at third, Don Smith at first. You know, a lot of guys are going to you know be in there for us and just give their all. So I think we're going to be really, really good and we're going to, you know, give our all every game. And, you know, when we look at the end of the year, I think we're going to surprise some people and um, have a really um, successful year that leads us to the next step and um, keeps us going towards this you know, next path to contention. Josiah, there's three main rule changes you're dealing with this year on the mound. Pitch clock, no shift behind you, and how many times and when you can throw over, essentially. Mm-hmm. So you've got to sign one of those, you've got to trade one of those, and you've <laughs> got to cut one of those. Okay. Sign, trade, and cut those three rule changes. So we got pitch clock, shifts, and pickoffs. So I will sign the uh, pitch clock. I think that is – it's been solid so far and pitchers, we can use that to our advantage. Um, the early returns have been pretty solid from our end. Just, you know, we can be in control of the bat depending how you use it. Uh, I would trade the shifts. Uh, I think it's solid, but that's probably like a big data sort of thing. Like over the course of three months, like how our batting average is looking, how are <clears throat> Woba's looking, those sort of things like, that's probably a big data thing. So you kind of have to wait to see how that looks. I get and so then, snipped up that Josiah Gray's dropping Woba. <laughs> I started sweating a little bit. Right yeah. uh, I got a little, I'm perspiring. Woo, I'm yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, um, we know this stuff. And then yeah. um, I would cut the, what's the last one? Uh, pickoffs. Oh, the pickoffs. I, I think that's going to be um, another interesting one. I, I remember seeing a video a few days ago of a guy. He had, he already picked up twice. And then on the third one, the runner got a big lead 
And I don't know if he saw the runner, but he didn't pick off because you have that third one as long as you pick him off. So I don't know if runners are going to utilize that more, um, but that's going to be an interesting one. But the stolen base rate in spring training right now is better than Ricky Henderson's career stolen base rate. All right. That's pretty good, by the way. That's not quite dudes like me that are like big fat guys that are just like hobbling over out of breath, but it's not Ricky Henderson. All right. So it's somewhere between Ricky Henderson and me and dudes are getting in at a better rate than he got. So we'll we'll see. Yeah. That's going to be another, that's going to be sort of like a, um, that's going to be against us pitchers. You know, we're going to have to control the run game a little bit better. uh, Just keep guys off base and, you know, we can <laughs> partly not have to deal with that, but that's going to be something I think we use to our advantage here with the Nationals. You know, we got CJ, we got Luis, we got um, Lane, Vic. You know, those guys are going to have, you know, a lot of double digit stolen bases if, you know, we're going to use those rules just like everyone does. Josiah, this was a pleasure, man. Great to catch up with you and uh, continued success, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Josiah Gray of the Washington Nationals on Grant and Danny. There was more to that conversation. We'll give you the entire version of it on Busting Loose Baseball, our Nats podcast, which is coming back better than ever next week, available wherever you get all of your Odyssey podcasts. Next on Grant and Danny, if Dan Snyder does sell this offseason, what's the first thing you're going to do? You're listening to The Fan. With all due respect to the topic I teased going to break about Dan Snyder and the sale, that goes to the back burner. Holy compensation, Batman. How about this breaking news out of the NFL? Ryan Poles is not messing around. The GM of the Chicago Bears pulling off a deal. The number one overall pick, which the Bears have held since the start of the offseason, and we've known for some time they would be trading is on the move. The Carolina Panthers, not the Indianapolis Colts at four, not the Vegas Raiders at seven or the Atlanta Falcons are eight. The Panthers coming up from number nine. We've talked a lot about this on the show. Danny, not here the last couple days. David Tepper desperately wants a quarterback. He gets it. He has told Frank Reich, his new head coach, his general manager has been around for a couple years, that entire staff, I want to go get our quarterback. We said, well, is it going to be Carr? It wasn't. Is it going to be Aaron Rodgers? Doesn't look like that's going to happen. So then we knew they're going to get one of these guys. But at nine, they might not be able to. They're going to have to come up into the middle of the top ten. How about all the way up to number one? But listen to this compensation. This is amazing for the Bears. They give up the first pick. They move down to number nine. They get the number 61 pick in the draft as well in the second round, right at the end of the second round. They get a first-round pick in 2024. And a second-round pick in 2025. And wide receiver DJ Moore. The Maryland product, the wide receiver one for Carolina. One of the best court, wide receivers in the league without actual quarterback help. Yeah, he's, he's in that Terry McLaurin bucket. South. Exactly. He is on the move to the Chicago Bears. So let me reiterate one more time this deal, and then I want you to jump in and give us your thoughts, and we'll, we'll cover it from all angles. The Bears have traded the number one pick to Carolina. So the Panthers will draft number one overall, and they'll be able to take their quarterback. By the way, you give up what they did, you better not miss. Yeah, no kidding. Bryce Young, whoever that is, you better get it right. As a result, Chicago gets to pick number nine. They get a second-round pick this year, number 61, a first-rounder next year, and a second-rounder in two years, 
and DJ Moore. Excellent haul for Chicago, right? I'm I I'm surprised it's right now this minute though they're doing this. Not a little bit closer to draft time, but you know I think they probably wanted whatever it was squared away so they could have a good plan. They probably said the auction will be closed at a certain amount of time or whatever. Talking about from Chicago's perspective, I wonder if the Panthers needed to know if they were able to do this or not for free agency purposes. There's that too. Yeah, I mean everyone involved probably wanted it done sooner rather than later. But sometimes the closer you get, there's that sweet spot, right? And I guess we're kind of in it now. But for Carolina, this is this is right. This is correct. This is what everyone should be doing. If you don't have one. Stop Stop doing everything else and try to go get one. And that's the idea. So the next general, general manager, whoever fails in this regard, if he does, we'll try to draft the next one, so on and so forth. But any time without your long-term franchise quarterback, any answer there is a waste of time. So for Chicago, that is a, obviously, number one, a vote of confidence to Justin Fields, which I get. Number two, that's the best receiver he's played with. You've already got now in the building a DJ Moore and you've got some versatility in the draft to continue to add to that, plus an outrageous amount of salary cap space. I mean outrageous. Even taking on DJ Moore's deal, I think they've got the most in the NFL. Yeah, $100 million coming into the offseason to spend for Chicago. Uh, DJ Moore's contract, which they inherit, he was working on a three-year deal of about $61 million, could be worth more than that if he hits incentives. So if you look at what lies ahead, his cap number this year – $25 million is a massive number, by the way. Uh, they could get out of the deal after this season. I would absolutely be stunned if they did. His cap numbers are 20.9 and 20.9 the two years after this. So even if you just um, – rudimentary math here on overthecap.com. If you take $25 million off of the Bears' cap, they still have the most cap room in the sport. That Just to give you an idea of the shape they're in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've been planning on this for multiple years. They've done this correctly. They have – completely bottomed out with assets and, and done everything they could to to move money into this offseason to spend. And we knew they were going to load up on picks. Now, they happen to get really lucky, too, because drafting number one is a godsend anytime, and they happen to be the worst team in the league this season. In a year in which, how often do you pick first? Are you that terrible? And you like your quarterback enough to keep him? Now, you can make the debate that they shouldn't do that. They're going to run it back with Justin Fields, who made great strides as a runner last year and hasn't really done it as a passer. And, and they think if they surround him with weapons that he's going to be able to make a step forward. DJ Moore is the first of the guys they'll bring in. Moore caught 93 balls for 1,100 yards two seasons ago. That fell off to 63 for 888 this year. But he has gone for 1,100 yards three out of the last four seasons. He has not missed a game in either of the last two years. And he has done this with Drek at quarterback. Now, DJ Moore, like McLaurin, as we were referencing, the quarterbacks he's played with, Danny, it's Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. Um, PJ Walker, Jacob Eason. Really, really just substandard passers year after year, and he puts up numbers. I mean, he's got 360 catches and 5,200 yards over five seasons. He is really, really good. He's one of those guys that's an afterthought that nobody ever – properly thinks of again because the touchdown totals haven't been there and he's just been saddled as you said with really terrible quarterback play I mean he had Cam Newton at the end of Cam Newton's run where he was eventually replaced by Darnold and he was thrown for 52 percent completion percentage before he was released it, it has been a mess for him now it doesn't get a ton better right now on paper in terms of taking passes from uh, from Justin Fields who I like uh, a good deal. I think it does have some arm talent, but we'll see. Rebel meet the road here. You give them some opportunity, but Chicago's not done. They've got a lot more wheeling and dealing to do. I, I expect them to be 
headliners of free agency starting a couple days. But right away with just this trade, okay, and I understand that the draft and free agency is going to add more, but you've got more as a wide receiver one. They traded a number two for Trace Claypool in season last year. I thought that was a bad trade at the time, and I think it looks worse now yeah. because he did almost nothing. It, it was, it was, uh, they kind of took a shot there, yeah, blew up in their the face. Yeah, but a guy that's been a malcontent totally. and, and, and uh, basically underperformed, and they ran him out of Pittsburgh. I, I didn't get it. I, I kind of think he's a deep threat, one-trick pony type, but whatever. Uh, so they've got Darnell Mooney, who I think could be an outstanding slot receiver. Mm-hmm. They haven't really used him exclusively in that way. But if you were to get legitimate weapons on the outside, moved him inside, I think Darnell Mooney could be a dude. Uh, he's been fine. They've had him basically playing as a number one, and that's at least one, if not a couple spots too high up the depth chart maybe. So you bring in more. You've got Mooney. You've got Chase Claypool. Remember, they signed Equinominius St. Brown as well. Mm-hmm. That right there is now, a, I would say, about an average NFL wide receiver core. Now, maybe you could say a hair below it if you're low on Chase Claypool and you think Darnell Mooney is just a deep threat or you know doesn't have a whole lot of tricks in, in his bag. Um, they also remember they drafted Vilas Jones in the third round. It's kind of a gadget guy last year. So I would say they're around average just with this one addition already at receiver. Their running back room is good. Now, they're going to lose David Montgomery probably, but they have Khalil Herbert still. Um, they're going to make a lot of additions to that offense, no doubt. But for the Bears... Just like that, without yep. trading for a a ton of picks even, that, that you have to now wait to see if, if it works out, you got your wide receiver one going into the season. The interesting thing about the trade is normally you trade out of number one, you get first rounders out the wazoo, mm-hmm. especially when you go back eight spots. Like if you would have told me today, hey, the, the uh, Bears are trading out of one going down eight spots to, to Carolina, Panthers are coming up. They're, they're switching first-rounders this year, and they're going to get at least two, if not three more ones probably. You know, two ones, Think two of the twos, Griffin deal, threes. right? They chose, rather than that, to really prioritize DJ Moore, it seems like. Instead of another one at least, or maybe like a two into, you know, two more twos, more, and again, their whole offseason was about going to get a wide receiver, so I understand it. That's your free agent contract. It's it's three years and and... 65 million bucks or whatever you just spent on him. But you could look at this and you go, oh my God, they didn't, they got one more first after this season. That's crazy. But it's very odd that a guy of DJ Moore's caliber gets traded at his age, you know, with his production so far. As good as he's been. Yeah, I think it's an astute point. So, again, it's, they're not all created equal thinking about these trades, but it's basically two ones, yeah. two twos, and DJ Moore because they switch spots this year. They, yeah, they swap mm-hmm. eight spots. So then it's a second rounder this year and a second rounder in 2025, a first rounder in 2024. So if you count this year as just a, a sliding down the board, it's one, one, two twos and DJ Moore. Yeah. By giving up eight spots, they get, as you said, two twos, a one and DJ Moore. So it's not as typical as you see. Remember, you know, San Francisco traded multiple first rounders over years. Washington certainly did forever ago to trade up to the number two spot to get Robert Griffin, just a handful of spots. It's an unusual construction, but I think it kind of tells you where Chicago is. They're not doing a, we're doing this over the next two, three, four seasons. Part of what we're about to do transformatively is right now this minute, right? Getting a guy of, of Morse caliber. The reason that you almost never see teams move up from the back of the top 10, though, that cost is obviously massive. Steep. Drafting a quarterback is a crapshoot, right? Yep. I mean, you think you have a pretty good beat on this, but these guys at number one, number two miss all the time. Yeah. 
Scott Fitterer, the GM of the Panthers, just put his job on the line. Yep. Everyone in that front office, including Frank Reich, who just took over as a head coach. Better pick right. Signed off on this with David Tepper screaming at you to go get a quarterback. Doesn't matter. He's not going to care that it was him telling him to go get a quarterback. If you miss on Bryce Young and DJ Moore is playing in Chicago and all those picks are gone, they're all out of a job in a couple of years. Yep. Maybe, you know, maybe two seasons at most for Bryce Young to take off. And I keep saying Bryce Young. I have to imagine that's who they're drafting. I guess they could that's have the done consensus this. at this point still. Could be Stroud, could be Levis, could be Richardson. It's one of the four. But for that kind of hole, I would think it would be the, the consensus guy, Bryce Young. If you guys want to react, this is pretty crazy. 800-636-1067. How about that bombshell right at the end of the week here on our Friday evening G&D? The Carolina Panthers. We were wondering, would it be the Texans, the Colts, the Falcons, the Raiders going up? Carolina didn't wait. Still well over six weeks from the NFL draft. They are now on the clock at number one, according to reports. They're trading DJ Moore and a plethora of picks. You're listening to the fan. Stretch run of Grant and Danny tonight. Rather than our normal 6.30 end time, we are off right here at the top of the hour at 6. Nationals baseball on the radio. Spring training. Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. I'll be looking forward to hearing their voices calling an evening baseball game in West Palm Beach where it has been hot. Josiah Gray was telling us it's been like 90 degrees just about every day. I think it's like literally twice what it is here. So that's cool, (laughs) I guess. We are live in D.C., Richmond, and on the Odyssey app, reacting to massive and breaking NFL news. The Chicago Bears, long rumored to be trading the number one overall pick in the draft, have just done so, going down the board to number nine. The Carolina Panthers didn't waste any time. Give them credit. They have come all the way up to number one to take their quarterback. I just gauged some quick reaction on social media during Uh the break. The Bears are getting beat up a little bit by NFL people asking if they got enough, which is weird to me because, yes, it's lighter in terms of picks. It's always funny to me how much people care about draft picks and specifically first-round picks. Like, I didn't notice that generally when you make a deal like this, see Robert Griffin or Carson Wentz or uh, Trey Lance or whatever, there's normally more first-rounders involved. And so if you're just looking to see first-rounders, there's only one other than the pick swap this year. You know what's more valuable than a first-round pick? Three years and $61 million of DJ Moore. A star. A star-wide receiver who makes very little money compared to what he should be making at the position. And I know the cap number this year is a little bigger than you might want, but they've now put up the new numbers based on a contract and moving over and uh, what's going to be paid out to him you know, as a bonus and everything else. Looks like the cap numbers for the Bears will be 20.1 million, 16 and 16 million over the next three seasons. It's not terrible. 20, 16, and 16 for a wide receiver one. I'll take that over a wide out. And by the way, the Bears' biggest need coming into the offseason was what? Weapons for Justin Fields and a legitimate front of the depth chart wide out. This is a terrible wide receiver class. We know that. 
I told you earlier, Danny, Jacoby Myers is far and away the best wide receiver on the market. Yeah, it's Robert Woods off injury, Adam Thielen having lost several steps. Odell Beckham Jr., yeah. four years removed from having 600 yards. So they traded for him rather than adding a first-round pick in this deal. And you still get a future one, a future two, and an additional second-round pick this season with a new top-wide receiver for Fields. And by the way, you know, as far as Fields goes, they now get to truly spend this season definitively answering the question, can this guy do it? Because with Cole Komet and DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney and Equinominius St. Brown and the rest of those weapons, plus whatever they add in free agency, they got more money to spend than any team, and in the draft where they've added picks, if he can't do it, then you know after this season, yeah, you, know. you got to move on. Now, the only problem will be you missed your chance to draft a quarterback. But I don't know what's more fascinating, the Chicago side of this, Danny, or the Carolina element where they just gave up as much as they did and all their chips are in. You are pot committed, presumably, for Bryce Young. Yeah, to me, the Chicago side is what's fascinating, right? Because presumably lots of people were demanding. Lots of people were trying to get up there, and this is what they chose. So I went back and looked. San Francisco's deal where they moved from 12 to 3, swapping with Miami. They traded the number 12 overall for the number 3 pick. So there's your pick swap. 2022 third-round compensatory pick. So you so far swapped ones, one three, and then two number ones in 22 and 23. Yeah. Is it that different? Than this deal? Now, I know that's 12 to 3 versus 9 to 1. Okay, so they got an extra one. Right. But let's say DJ Moore is the one. There's there's my math. So you have a two instead of a three. I like the I like the Carolina deal better. Yeah, from Carolina's perspective, it's not frankly what I thought they'd have to give up. I know, you know, losing DJ Moore is gonna hurt certainly, but I th- I would have thought you would have to do that and then throw in like another number one or, or something to that effect. So from Carolina's perspective, I just think this is the right thing to do. I think everybody should be doing this. Now, the part part is GMs and coaches and whomever, they want to keep their gigs. They want to last for a while. They want to look long-term. Teams should be pushing in like this all the time. I think it's the exact right thing to do. So from Carolina's perspective, you're right. It is an all-in type of move, but their owner is screaming, and I know that won't you know you won't be forgiven if it screws up and it doesn't work out in a couple of years. No one will remember that he was the guy that told you to go do this. But, yeah, I, from Carolina's perspective, exact right call. Fascinated from Chicago's deal, though. I wonder what else they were offered, what they said no to, to choose that. If you think that's fun, if you think that breaking news is a good time, that's the appetizer, baby. Next week is the entree, okay? Next week is the new league year in the NFL on Grant and Danny. Noon, players can start negotiating and agreeing to terms with other teams, and then those deals will become official come Wednesday. But Monday right here will be must-listen radio. For the guys behind the scenes, and Danny, I'm Grant saying so long if you missed any part of our show today. Rod Strickland, Josiah Gray, Charlie Gasparino, they're all available at thefandc.com. Nats Baseball is next. Thank you for coming. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 